Today on Locked On Red Wings, we give you our prospect hopes for this season and long term. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Scotty, happy Labor Day, buddy. It's a Labor yeah, Day episode. Labor Day, man. Yeah, mm. nice. Uh, nice. I mean, it got it was getting a little chilly there, you know, the last like week. And now, you know, it's going to be 90 for Labor Day. So just... Mm. Uh, just as as you know history wants it to be i don't know where i was going with that but sure, like dude. yeah you know expected weather for labor day it'll be nice hope everyone has a good one yeah well, i hope so too and then also scotty um we're gonna kind of continue I, I put a feeler out there on twitter the other day because we're in this weird period where the season's starting to get closer but we've also kind of burned through a lot of our off-season content so i went to you guys to give us ideas so we can do our job and you guys came through, so appreciate that. We're going to kind of meld um, two of the ideas that you, you guys sent in on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. The Luck Game wanted us to talk about, you know, what prospects not succeeding would shake our confidence in the Iser plan. And then Emmett Ferguson wanted us to talk about what we wanted prospects to do um, in their seasons this year. And now the Red Wings have a lot of prospects because they've had a lot of draft picks over the years. So we picked eight prospects that we felt would have have the possibility of having the biggest impact on the Detroit Red Wings going forward. Eight, excluding the guys we talked about last week. We talked about Casper, Edvinson, and Soderblom. So we're going to talk about eight different prospects than those guys. If you want to hear our thoughts on those guys, go back to listen last, last week. We kind of combined those and just talked about our hopes for these prospects this season and our hopes for them long-term. And the eight guys we picked are Nate Danielson, Axel Sandin-Pelica, uh, William Wallander, Albert Johansson, Carter Mazur, Amadeus Lombardi, uh, Sebastian Cosa, and Cross Hannes. There are other great prospects the Red Wings have, but just we'd be here like for two weeks if we wanted to do that, and we don't have two weeks left before prospects tournament starts. So um, we're going to try and cover these eight guys. Uh, we're going to get us through as many as we can today. Whatever we have left, if we have any left, we'll do on Wednesday. Scotty, was that explanation clear? Yeah, I think so, man. Yeah, it's just kind of where everybody fits in the organization. Yeah, this year and long term, because I think those are a two different conversations. But B, I, I think that there's some pretty fascinating conversations about uh, the long term kind of expectations and fit for a lot of these guys. Yeah. And so, Scotty, I listed off the eight guys that we want to talk about again. Edvinson, Casper, Soderblom, we covered last week. Um which guy do you want to lead off with? I'll give you the pick. Wow. That's an honor. Um, let's do – you want to do the new guys, guys from this draft? Nate Danielson and Axel Sandin-Pelica? Sure thing, man. Yeah. Which one do you want to do first? Um, let's do Axel because his name rocks. His name does rock. There's a lot – Red Wings have – we should add Red Savage in here just because his name rocks too. Yeah, true. That's very Michigan true. State now. There's some expectations there. Uh, right. Anyways, Axel Sandin Pelica, though. Let's stick with uh, – let, let me keep my mind in the right spot. Uh, I just realized I don't even have his page pulled up. Wow, I am a fake fan. Where is he? Is he not even <laughs> – 
They even listed on here. All right, hold on, Scotty. You lead. You lead us off, buddy. <laughs> well, he's not so even on app friendly. You want to start with? Uh, I mean, we can start with like this season's expectations. Like, obviously, defenseman taken in this year's draft. I, I think, you know, starting with the players that were the the two guys that we're going to talk about that were drafted this year. The short term conversation is uh, quite a bit easier, just because it's like. Like, obviously, these guys aren't going to fly through and be, like, in winged wheels this season. Um, so, you're just really just looking for solid player development. Uh, and I think that if you can be in a position where at the end of this season, you're, like, optimistic about... If you're... Maybe optimistic is not the right word. If you're confident about where they're going to start their season next year wherever that ends up being if as long as you're like confident in okay like this player did you know well enough uh to kind of solidify himself in uh, again whatever league it ends up being based on their play then i think that that's kind of a successful season i don't have like too much of a like this needs to happen for this player for these two guys this season for it to be like a success i'm just looking for you know flashes of why we drafted them in the first round yeah, I mean, he was 17th overall pick. So him having being having been a first round pick obviously comes with expectations, but being like a middle of the round, like a lot of guys outside the top 10 take several years to develop to a point where they're ready for the NHL level. So this year, he grad or last year rather, he graduated to SHL. Uh, he played 22 games. I mean, the expectation for Sandin Pelika this year is to continue to develop your game in Sweden. You're 18 years old, play full time in the SHL, don't get demoted. And uh, prove that you have some impact. Reddings have had a lot of luck these last couple of years with players in the SHL. Um, Marco Casper was really good. Cider uh, was good in the year. They loaned him to the SHL. Raymond obviously was very good. So, you know, the expectation here is just, just continue to develop your game and, you know, become one of the better players in the SHL before you come over. I wouldn't even be surprised if he plays next year in the SHL. You know, it could be a couple of yeah. years before he even comes to North America. He's only 18 years old. Well, that so, was my point too is like if if at the end of this season you're looking around and and you're like okay like he did amazing like next season he's going to come and, and play somewhere in North America like obviously that'd be a big success but if you're confident and you go like oh like he did well but you know he's like 19 like I'm still fine with him playing in the SHL another year then that's that's also a win the the only I guess it's easier to word like what not a successful season is and that would be after the year if to your point like he he were to have to whatever like get <laughs> what like the team I guess like doesn't succeed and he's not a big part of it and he's not getting playing time or he has to move you know to the J20 or, yeah like move down like that would be that would probably be like a failure I guess but like even that like I don't know I have a really hard time looking at 18 year old kids that are drafted and like if he struggles in his first year as part of the organization i'm not gonna be like like there's very little he could do for me to be like i have zero optimism about this player like just short term is short term's tough short term is just grow your game and be impactful that's that's really what it is because you're so young and you're so raw still um long term i i think that the want for him is to probably be a second pair offensive defenseman you can put on the power play to score some goals. Hopefully he can shore up the defensive side of the puck as well. Cause you drafted him as like a, a, a play driving defenseman. 
Um, if you can shore up his defensive side and kind of develop a two-way game, that'd be fantastic too. But I mean, long-term, that's the hope I think is he is a second pair goal scoring defenseman who can drive your power play. Yeah. Agreed. I don't really have too much to add. Like it, it's tough with, I think that's, you know, starting with these guys is, uh, I don't know. They're quicker conversations. Cause it's like, we don't know. We don't know yet. You know, we yeah. gotta see, we gotta see them play at, at all. <laughs> yeah. Like we, you know, we've seen like tape and highlights of their draft year and whatnot, but like, we gotta, we gotta see them actually perform now as, uh adults as part of the red wings organization so um yeah i, I think long term if if he kind of files in as a second pair d man and and is is a play driving type of player back there and like you said isn't a liability on defense that's kind of the the mold that i think they're going to try to shape him as so. yeah absolutely so let's move on now to talk about nate danielson we'll get him in real quick before we get to our break uh nate danielson was the red wings other big draft pick uh, this year, he was taken ninth overall by the Detroit Red Wings, signed as ELC. He's the captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings, one of the captains. I think they have co-captains there. Uh, he had played 68 games last year and had 78 points. Connor Bedard went out of his way to mention him as a very underrated player um, that he was threatened, like not threatened by like, you know, physically, but like <laughs> was a threat on the he ice. was terrified of. Yeah. <laughs> he kept sending him text messages, threatening him. <laughs> Um, but if, if Bedard's going out of his way to say something, you know, positive about an opponent opposing captain, then, you know, you got someone special, Scotty, what are we hoping for out of Danielson this year? He's going back to the WHL, I believe. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is one where, uh, again, like, I guess not to reiterate the same point, but like at the end of the year, if you're confident that next year he won't be in the WHL, I think that that's a win. Yeah. I, I think that. That is really what it is. Just dominate the WHL again. You know, have a similar season to the one you had this past year. Um, you got to remember, too, he's a little bit older. Um, I believe he was on the older end of his draft class, yeah. a, a September 27th birthday. So he'll be turning 19 here very shortly, actually. Um, so he's got an extra year for size and growth compared to some of the other people. And I hope that he goes out there and just absolutely dominates, you know, the WHL with the Wheat Kings. But, I mean, outside that, like with these guys who are so young, there's not much else you can say besides just develop and get better yeah. and prove that you can be a, a, a center in the NHL no, I, someday. These guys are, are yeah, still so far away from the NHL that like the conversation about what you want from them this year is pretty short, but you know, I, I think long-term, I mean, if you can get a middle six center out of him, I think that's a massive win. Absolutely. Um, long-term middle six center agreed, Scotty, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk more about some of these other prospects. Uh, let's, we can talk about Sebastian Kosa. I feel like that's going to be a name that people yeah, want to hear us talk about. Uh, but first I got to talk to you guys today about AG one, our next partner, AG one, is the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You got to drink it every day. Give AG1 a try because it is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. Science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced superfoods. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category, and it helps you build your health foundation 
first. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about prospects, our hopes for this season and long-term Sebastian Kosa, Scotty, uh, it's been well-documented this past year. He played a little bit in the Grand Rapids Griffins, didn't look too great, got sent down to the ECHL, the Toledo Walleye, started off very rough, but eventually found his groove and came to dominate the league, really. He and John Lethemann were fantastic uh, for the Toledo Walleye this year, taking them on a pretty deep playoff run. Statistically speaking, they were both solid. Uh, I believe John Lethemann even earned himself a contract at the end of season and then another contract uh going into this season because he played so well but we're talking about Kosa. Uh Kosa had a 913 save percentage by the end of the year in 46 games played. He had a 917 save percentage in seven uh playoff playoff games with the Toledo Walleye in the ECHL. Um this is a really interesting one, Scotty. When it comes to my expectations for Sebastian Kosa, it would be take reign of the starter net in Grand Rapids. Like there is a goalie competition happening in Grand Rapids this year with John Lethemann because he he's contracted. You got obviously Alex Lyon, Sebastian Kosa. Uh, that, do they still have Jan Bednar? I'm, I'm that one's leaving my. Uh, I don't remember, but I feel I like we know. talked about that. I know, right? My point being, even I feel like with we just, used to know the answer to that question, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it, it's pretty much going to be Lyon and Kosa with Lethemann biting at their heels for the playing time in that starters net in Grand Rapids or just playing time in general in Grand Rapids. And it's a very competitive net down there this year as compared to last year when it really wasn't, but no one really wanted the nets. <laughs> so hopefully our, the, our hope for Sebastian Costa this year is he can take what he learned in the ECHL and it translates to the AHL. And he just, he, he becomes a dominating force in Grand Rapids. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if my expect if like he needs to dominate. Like I don't I don't know if because like if he dominates, then we're having a conversation about him being like in the NHL on opening night next season. You know, like if he dominates throughout the entire year like that, I think that that uh, kind of speeds up the timeline a little bit than maybe some people's expectation, or maybe that's just my own expectation, and and that's not shared with a lot of people. But um, I I, th- I do agree with you that I think a successful season this year would be him just like taking the starting job, like, like solidifying the starting job uh, down there. I think that that would be a nice step. And then next season, if he's starting off in the AHL, like he's still so young, you know what I mean? Like if he's starting off in the AHL next year and then next year is the year he goes from starter to like one of the better goalies in the A and, and, you know, kind of like whatever the word you want to use dominates and, puts up really, really good numbers. Then you're having a conversation like mid season next year about like, when is this dude going to be here? But I don't expect that conversation to happen this year. So I don't, uh, I'm not like holding my breath on him, just like lighting up the AHL. But um, if he can solidify himself as the starter, then I think that that's a successful season for sure. Yeah, maybe I- if he fails to do that, then that obviously, you know, kicks the can down the road and the timeline changes again. Yeah, maybe I was a little bit overzealous when I said he has to dominate. Um, I guess in my mind, what I mean by dominate is be like consistently good. Not like 927, 930 save percentage, but like a nice 
9-10 save percentage with the Grand Rapids Griffins and being the bona fide starter, at least the 1A starter. By the yeah. way, Jan Bednar did sign a two-year contract with the Grand Rapids Griffins in March. I sw- I was going to say, I swear we talked about this. So like, there's, the- <laughs> there's a big competition happening in Grand Rapids this yeah. year. That one, like, I, I the name Jan Bednar popped in my head, and I was just like, what, where is he? Anyways, what's going on with him? Because <laughs> like, he's not signed by the Red Wings, uh, but he's signed by the Griffins. So, uh, but yeah, Sebastian Kosa, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, he, I think he needs to have a good season. He doesn't have to dominate, but he has to have a good season with the Griffins because long-term the hope for Sebastian Kosa is starting goaltender for the Detroit Red Wings. And if he doesn't pan out, like I would, I would go as far as say like Kosa kind of has to pan out. And I know that, you know, uh, Steve Eiserman has kind of hedged his bets a little bit by drafting Augustine in the second round. He's a very talented goalie coming out of the United States national development program. Um, but the Red Wings, I don't think Vili Huso's it long-term. Uh, I love him. I think he's very good. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think he's the solution. Obviously Reimer's not, he's 35 years old. Alex Lyon's not, it has to be Kosa. So I would go as far as say Kosa's like one of those guys you have to have succeed if this team's going to have success. So that one long-term, he's got to be a, a, a starting goaltender at the very minimum at the NHL level. Like there's a lot of weight on his shoulders, but luckily because people goalies develop weird, there's a lot of patience with him. So this year, even if he's good in Grand Rapids, he might still be in Grand Rapids next year to start. So there's, there's time for him to develop. Yeah, I think he will be in Grand Rapids next year to start. I, I would be shocked if he if he was anywhere else. Um, yeah, I, I I I mean definitely if you're looking at the roster right now, uh, without a doubt, like if if you had to pick one person to be like who is going to be like who should be not even is going to who should be the long term one A goalie for this team, I think most people, if not everyone, is going to pick Kosa. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like we, we have, the, we've had this conversation. We had it just before we got on air. Like, I, I'm not really sure I subscribe to like anybody like it needs to, like, I, I'm not sure if like there will be other drafts and like other free agency periods. Like, it's not like if Costa doesn't turn out, there will be no opportunity to get a goalie ever again. Like, I'm not sure they, like, but you can't really afford to restart the clock, you know, on development. Restart what clock? The goalie restart. clock, I guess maybe, but that's like, what I mean. I mean, I guess, but again, like free agency exists like, and not that free agency is a loaded, like, you know, there wasn't, wasn't any like high end caliber goalies this year. Like, not that that's a guarantee, but like there, there, I don't know. Like it's, it's not impossible to add like trades exist. Like it's not in, we have a deep farm system. Like you could, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to like, if, if Costa doesn't turn out, then like the wings are just never going to have a good goalie and they're just kind of like permanently hosed. Like, I, I don't know if it's like that dramatic, but it, I mean, it certainly is like a, a big deal. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's just like nothing either. Um, it, I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't turn out and end up being a one, a, you have to go find one and that's yeah. going to become as big of, or, or honestly, maybe even bigger of a need than like goal scoring was last this past off season, right? Like where, you know, you brought in to you got your top end goal scorer. Like that's going to pretty quickly become a massive need if, uh, if Kosa doesn't turn out. So yeah, it's, it certainly would be a big deal, but I think it's like recoverable. I don't think it's like, you know, the wings are just never going to be a good team if Kosa doesn't turn out. See, I, 
I kind I agree in part, but I disagree in another part. There are certain prospects that this team, like if we're to succeed in Larkin's contract, because you have to look at this eight year window that con- that Larkin signed as the Red Wings window to succeed, right? Yeah. Like you have to win a Stanley Cup while Larkin's in his prime. You're building your team around Larkin. There are certain guys I would subscribe to say you need to pan out if this team's going to have success. Sebastian Cosa, I would argue, is probably the guy because you like, yes, there are like Colorado Avalanche are a great example of a team that won the Stanley Cup with just kind of mid goalies last year um, because they were great everywhere else. But a lot of the times your championship can be kind of determined whether or not you have a hot goalie or a good goalie. You know, Sergey Bobrovsky took the Florida Panthers all the way to the Stanley Cup because he got hot at the right time. Jonathan Quick famously did it in 2012. Like, you need a goalie. And I I, I guess the counterpoint you could make is that those goalies, well, Quick's like a Hall of Fame level, level goalie, but Bobrovsky was just kind of whatever all season long until he got hot. But like Andrey Vasilevsky is a Vesna caliber goalie every year. He led to the Tampa Bay Lightning to the two Stanley Cups. You know, you need a good goalie if you're going to have success in this league. For the most part, there are exceptions, obviously, like I said, the Colorado Avalanche, but nine times out of 10, it's, it's going to be goalie. And that's why to me, like if you're going to have success, well, I Larkin's in his prime, you need Kosa to pan out because you can't really afford to restart the timeline on a new goalie prospect. Like, yeah, you have Trey Augustine as a, um, as a backup plan, but that clock's starting over again. It could be another four years until he's ready to play in the NHL. And then like, yeah, you could go out in the free agent market and do it and like get some middle ground goalies. Cause you don't want to overpay. Like as, as much as Bobrovsky carried them to the finals this year, how much of an albatross has that contract been? Right. Yeah. So I, I think coast is probably number one in terms of impactfulness towards this rebuild. Other guys we talked about already, but I think, Ed, I think Edvinson um, does need to pan out. I don't think it's as impactful as Kosa because they have so many good defensive prospects, but Edvinson is like the number one, one, if he pans out and he, and he's like a, bona fide top pair, second pair defense, two-way defenseman, defensive defenseman, whatever you want to call him, this team's a lot better. So I, I I would subscribe to the fact that I think there are a couple prospects that this team desperately needs to pan out if this team's going to have success while Larkin's in his prime. Raymond and Sider, although they're not prospects anymore, are another great example of Iserman draft picks that have got to be borderline, if not like, not elite. I, Sider might be elite. Raymond probably isn't but at least be like top line or all-star caliber players. Cause this team needs that. It, it just, uh, that's how I feel. Yeah. I mean like, no, I, it's a, it's a fascinating conversation. I, I think for me, like ciders is, is probably the one, yes. like if, if anyone has to be like turn into a top end, you know, like elite, you know, t- high end caliber at their position, like, for this thing to work, it's probably him just because there's probably no one waiting in the wings. That's going to turn into like, uh, you know, (laughs) funny. (laughs) That's uh, like turning into a turning into that, like an elite high end defenseman uh, on the blue line. And those are hard to come by in the free agent market. Mm -hmm. I guess you could say the same thing about high end goalies, but um, that he's probably the, the one it's just like, it's really difficult for me to put so much stock in the future of the franchise on a guy who has played like 30 games in the AHL. Like, that's just like, like, that's, that's like, I understand like draft position and they traded up to get him and he was a first round goalie. Like, I understand all the value around like 
what he should be and what the expectation is between the front office and the fan base of his him becoming uh, like is. But it's it's really hard for me to look at a guy who's played like again like thirty games in the AHL and be like, yeah, if you're not you know like a top end like bona fide one A goalie, like this entire franchise is just hosed and we're never gonna win anything. Like mm-hmm. that's like that's like a crazy mindset to me. Like there's so many other ways to acquire talent and like yeah, developing a goalie in the Larkin window, there's a chance that that goes out the window. Like if 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 um. If Kosa doesn't hit in the next like three years, like there, there's, there's certainly a chance of, of that, but that there's just so many other ways to, to acquire like talent that it's, it's just, it's really hard for me to just put like the entire weight of like this franchise on Sebastian Kosa. That just seems like dramatic. Well, yeah. I, there are other ways. It's not just like set in stone, but l- those ways are, much more difficult than like if you're, if you're trying to build a team, like doing it that way is more difficult. That's why Eisenman is doing, trying to do it the right way through the draft. So that's why I do think that they're, and we need to take a quick break here and then get onto, I guess one more prospect, but like, that's why I I would, I do think that Sebastian Costa, there is probably a lot of weight on those shoulders in terms of, I'm sure there is. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's like easy breezy. And you know, if he doesn't pan out that, like, it's just super easy to fill the spot, it's going to be an an uphill battle. The the path of least resistance is certainly him turning out. And I also think he will like this conversation is, you know, like we're going back and forth on what we both like, like Costa and think that he's going to be good. So um, this is more of a, you know, like hypothetical and, and like philosophical, I guess, conversation than anything else, mm-hmm. just on like how to build a roster. But um, yeah, I it, the path of least resistance and, and the path that uh, would would benefit the wings the most is certainly just him turning out for sure. Yep. Uh, we'll take a quick break and when we come back, we'll get to one more prospect and then we'll let you go. We'll cover the other four uh, in Wednesday's episode. So stay tuned to Locked on Red Wings. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty, we have to talk about Wallander, Johansson, Mazur, Lombardi, or Hannes. What do you want to talk about? Um, I think that the shortest conversation in that group is uh, Lombardi. So let's do that. Okay. Um, Amadeus Lombardi, obviously last year, lit it up in the OHL with the Flint Firebirds. He had 102 points for six, uh, in 67 games, 45 goals, and 57 <laughs> assists. Just... Goal score through and through and 57 assists too. like just the guy has the talent for getting it in the back of the net and helping his teammates get it in the back of the net. Yeah. The biggest downside to Amadeus Lombardi and people will say it is his size five foot 10, 165 pounds. Uh, He did finish the season with the Grand Rapids Griffins playing two games and registering one assist. The expectation for him this season um, play in Grand Rapids, put some muscle on, and show us uh, a little bit of what you showed in the OHL. Just have some of that translate. I'm not saying he has to light up the o- or AHL, but like show us that you can do it at this level as well. Yeah, I, I think it, that's really the biggest thing is just proving that he belongs in the A. Like I really think that that's that's kind of what we're expecting. If he just looks completely overwhelmed, and we're even talking about a, a like demotion at some point, then like that's obviously not great just because the the changing man, like people really it's not like always linear, man. And I know that we say that on the show all the time, but like there there's 
it's it's not just like oh i did really well in this league so then i'll move up and surely i'll do really well in the next one like that's <laughs> the, they're, 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 those are in place those like systems and promotions and demotions are in place for a reason it's to thin out the crowd and figure out who can keep climbing and who doesn't just because you're really good at one league doesn't mean you automatically like eventually will be really good at the next one or else Remember everyone Thomas would Yerko? just yeah, like, or, you know, if that was the case, everyone would just be, like, a really good NHL player. Like, that's that's just, like, not how development works. So, yeah, I think just he doesn't need to put up 160 again, certainly. Uh, but if he can just go there and just prove that he's, like, he belongs, put up some solid production. Uh, put on a little look, muscle. Say that again? Put on a little muscle. Yes, obviously put on some some muscle and some weight, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and just, you know, not look, not look too small, literally and, and figuratively <laughs> out there. Uh, I, I think that that would be, that would be a win. Uh, you know, I, I, again, as long as we're not talking about like, oh man, this just is, this is too much of a jump for him. We got to talk about a demotion again. Then I think we're, we're probably talking about a successful season. Uh, and then I think next year, is the year for him specifically that you're kind of talking about like, all right, like let's see this dude really take a big step forward and, and kind of start lighting up the AHL. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Like when it comes to expectations with him, he's a fourth round draft pick. So like if he pans out kind of like Elmer Soderblom, if he pans out two thumbs up, great. Right, draft yeah, pick. Fantastic. But if he doesn't pan out, I'm not going to be too heartbroken because you know, when you get a guy in the fourth round, expectations are already kind of, like how many fourth round picks pan out long-term, right? Yeah. So this season, if he's just proves he can belong, I will be super pumped for his development. Uh, long-term, if he makes it to the NHL, if he makes it to the NHL and is a regular NHL player, that alone is a huge win, win. even if it's like on the third or fourth line. Sure. I, yeah, I, love, oh, yeah. I love Amadeus Lombardi. I'm really <laughs> excited know. for him. But also I, I understand like, you got to keep your expectations a little bit. Um, I keep wanting to say mitigated. I don't know if that's the right term to use, but it'll work in this instance. So yeah, yeah, you just got to keep them reasonable. Yeah, reasonable. It, you know, Thank you. it's it's. Um, I agree with you. I, you know, long term where he fits. Like this is certainly not like the. This is not like the franchise. Like this is not. You know, the conversation we just have about Cosa certainly does not apply mm-hmm. to Lombardi. Like if he doesn't turn out, then. Um, then the, the the player development line keeps moving and they'll just try to find the the next guy to kind of inject some optimism into people. But um, I, yeah, I, I think that a lot of people are rightfully really excited about him. And I, I think that he does have the skill to be a solid NHL player. And, and like you said, even if that is like a bottom six forward, that would still be a, a big win as far as drafting goes and as far as player development goes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think him fighting long-term kind of like, if you can even get him up to like, Oh, he's a solidified middle six guy. Like that would be huge. Yeah. Uh, that about does it. Scotty got any final thoughts on any of these guys? Uh, I don't think so. We ball, we do ball. We'll be back with a new episode on Wednesday. So stay tuned. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Every day.